Trey Evans is our speaker this morning. He is a 2017 graduate. Uh, he interned for with the MacArthur Church in Oklahoma City for a year or two, two years, and uh, is now preaching for the Gastonia Church in North Carolina. Uh, he has a great smile. He has great enthusiasm. Lots of things we can talk about. Trey, one of the things I think we can, maybe some of us know maybe even better than I, tremendous growth in spirituality in this man. From the life he was before he became a Christian until uh, now, he and he's continuing to, to grow uh, so tremendously. A uh, few while he was in school here, I presented some lessons on what's happened in the church since two thousand uh, since uh, uh, nineteen oh six. And one of the things I did, I covered some of the great black preachers that have been in our brotherhood and the great works that they've done. And he was Trey was in the audience. I said, "They set a high bar for you, brother. You need to work on it." And I believe Trey will be right up there with them. He's young, got a great heart evangelistic, studies the word, and I believe he'll be right up there with one of the, some of the great black preachers that have preached in our brotherhood in years past. So, Trey, come speak to us, brother. Preach the word. word, word. <laughs> well, I appreciate that uh, wonderful introduction, Wayne. Uh, I'm also here with my lovely wife, Danielle, and my adorable son, Jeremiah. So, if you hear him say amen in the middle of the sermon... That's just him doing what he normally does. <laughs> but I am honored um, and I am blessed for this opportunity. I'm also humbled and I appreciate uh, this opportunity for allowing me to come and present the word of God. Folks, resisting temptation in an age of temptation. Frank Farber said that every moment of resistance to temptations is a victory. And I couldn't agree more because every time we say no to temptation, it strengthens our will to say no the next time we're tempted. Amen. But how do we resist temptation in a world that is driven by sin? Folks, temptation has been around since the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 3, we see temptation in the garden with Adam and Eve, tempting them to go beyond what God has commanded them not to do. But unfortunately, Adam and Eve yielded to temptation. And since then, man has been battling to overcome it. Folks, the world we live in today has a very dark view about temptation. Oscar Wilde said the only way to get rid of temptation is to yield to it. You know, sadly, there are some of our brothers and sisters in Christ who believe in this statement. They may not verbally admit it, but their actions do. And we see that. Folks, let me tell you, this kind of thinking does not line up with the word of God. Amen. God has set a standard for his children, and we are not to lower that standard. Why? Because his standard is what keeps us from giving in to temptation. Amen. Webster defines the word temptation as the act of being tempted or the state of being tempted, especially to evil. Now, many people wonder if temptation is a sin, and the answer to that question is simply no. We go to Hebrews chapter 4, look at verse number 15. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in all areas just as we are, and yet he did not sin. Now don't get me wrong, temptation is the gateway to sin, but it is not sin. But you see, if taken lightly, it will lead us into sin. 
And every time we give in to sin, my friends, let me tell you, it pleases Satan and it breaks the heart of our God. You know, Satan was pleased when Adam and Eve yielded to temptation, but our Lord was hurt. In the next chapter over, it thrilled Satan when Cain was mastered by sin and murdered his brother Abel. When you look at Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 10, notice the question God asked Cain. He said, what is this that you have done? Folks, this is the same question he asked Eve in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 13 when he asked her, what is this you have done? And I believe our Lord is asking us the very same question today when we give into our desires. What have you done? Folks, when we fail to resist temptation, let me tell you what happens. It increases sinful desires. And those desires typically give birth to sin. Now, the Bible shows us that temptation is an internal battle within the mind of a man. A mental state that tries to cause one to deviate from holiness to carnality. Folks, we see that in the church at Corinth and we even see it today. Folks, the church of Corinth was a city filled with immorality. As one author uh, stated, Corinth was the sin city, the Las Vegas of the Roman Empire. And so this cosmopolitan city was the home of Aphrodite. Aphrodite was the goddess of love and pleasure. And those who lived in Corinth would have been familiar with the temple practices and the sinful practices that went on and occurred inside of this building. Now, when Paul wrote this letter to the church at Corinth, he knew that the temptation to return to their old way of living would be a struggle. So when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 11, he warned the brethren not to make the same mistake as Israel. If you notice in verse number 7, he says, do not be idolaters as some of them were. In verse number 8, he says, let us not act immorally as some of them did. Verse 9, nor let us try the Lord as some of them did. In verse number 10, nor grumble as some of them did. Now, can you imagine the cultural temptation surrounding the church during this time? Here you have uh, Christians who previously lived a lifestyle of pleasure and idolatry, and now they are being enticed to sin. To revert back to their former way of living. Folks, we see that today in the church. The church is faced with a similar problem. Am I right? Temptation is all around us and it can be very difficult to resist. Especially when the world is constantly promoting sin. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is glamorized in today's culture. Now, even though the world lives in sin, my friends, we are called to live a transformed life. We are called to live a set apart life. And let me tell you, the life that we're called to live is completely countercultural, meaning we should not be conformed to society's way of living and thinking. So how do we resist temptation? Folks, in order to successfully oppose temptation, we have to understand where it comes from. And since we need points... Point number one, the sources of temptation. Folks, there are two sources to temptation, external and internal. In other words, temptation arrives from outside and from within. Now, the external causes of temptation come from the world. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4, the God of this world is Satan. Now, Satan has a method to ensnare faithful Christians, believe it or not. You know what's on Satan's hook? 
the bait of our desires. He has a way of making sin look appealing to the eye. When you go to Genesis chapter 3 and you look at verse number 6, it says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was a delight to the eye, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from it and ate, and she also gave to her husband and he ate. Both the tempter promised that they would be wise and know good and evil just like God. Folks, his promise turned out to be a lie. Temptation promises to meet our needs, but it offers spiritual pain and deep regret. You know, there is nothing attractive about sin. When an individual starts to believe the lie, let me tell you, they will yield to temptation every time. And by yielding to temptation, it causes internal battles. Folks, temptation is deceptive. And many of our internal struggles are tailored to our vulnerabilities. I'm reminded of what James said in James 1.14. Each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own desires. Have you ever noticed that temptation tends to arise when we are weak, distracted, or idle? I mean, the saying goes, an idle mind is the devil's playground. And if we're honest with ourselves this morning, many of us have been weak spiritually and mentally and have been the victims of yielding to temptation. Now, I don't know what Satan has on your hook. Only you know that. But let me tell you, it is the bait of your desires. Temptation during the moment says that it's okay just to sin a little. But there was nothing little about the sin David committed with Bathsheba in 2 Samuel chapter 2. There was nothing little about the sin Achan committed in Joshua chapter 7. There was nothing little about the sin Ananias and Sapphira committed against the Lord in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. There was nothing little about the sexual immorality in the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 1. The list that Paul gives in chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, nothing little about that list. In matter of fact, it describes for us the heinousness of sin. And Paul wrote, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, as Paul gives this list, my friends, these are the things that the church was struggling with. And when I look at this list, you see it in the church today. Am I right? Yes, sir. And in some of us, it's in our own lives. <clears throat> Folks, temptation is misleading and it can be deadly. Let me ask you this. How often do you think about the consequences of giving in to temptation? How often do you consider the consequences, the guilt that comes after committing the sin? You know, not too many people think about that. And this is why they continue to give into the same sinful habits over and over again, and nothing's changed. Church, let me tell you, don't buy into the tempter's lie. 
that sin is minuscule. Be aware of the bait that is on your hook. That's right. Because the outcome of yielding to temptation, point number two, can be deadly. So when we constantly yield to temptation, let me tell you what it does. It blemishes our identity in Christ. You know, there are harmful effects of submitting to temptation that we often don't consider. Giving into temptation affects our relationship with God and our spiritual state. I mean, have you noticed when you give into temptation, you are spiritually weak and you are drained? Consider a situation where a man and a woman know that fornication is a real temptation for them. And knowing this, they still decide to be alone in a secluded setting where improper thoughts turn into sinful actions. Consider another situation with a man battling with pornography. And he has easy access to the Internet in a private setting. And he constantly tells himself, I'm not going to view any more inappropriate sites. And yet he finds himself giving into the same temptation. Consider another situation where a man and a woman know that giving from the heart is something that God desires on the first day of the week. And yet they choose to rob God in order to build financial security. How real are these situations? They're very real. Why? Because temptation is real. Before Cain killed Abel, the Lord told him, sin is crouching at your door and its desire is for you and you must master it. You know, every Christian can learn from the mistake of Cain. He did not overcome his temptation. As a matter of fact, his temptation mastered him. And the lesson that we can learn from this is do not allow temptation to ruin your heart. If you know that a certain situation or circumstance makes you extra vulnerable to a specific sin, let me encourage you to avoid it. Amen. Paul told those in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 22 that we are to abstain from every appearance, every form of evil. What does that mean? That means get away from it. Avoid it. Shun it. But you know, there are some people who like to tiptoe around sin. And that's what we should not do. If your battle is with pride, worry, outburst of anger, gossip, lust, pornography, greed, do not let it overpower you. When a, when a Christian is constantly being mastered by sin, they tend to lose their conviction. You know, there are Christians in the church that are still held captive by sin. They have yet to put on the new man, as Paul talks about through his epistles. They're still carrying around the old man, if you will. Folks, it is imperative that we as Christians put on the new man. Amen. That we be aware of the things that make us extra vulnerable in this life. So we will not constantly continue to give in to the temptations and the desires of our flesh. You know, there are some who believe that temptation goes away with age. But let me tell you, that's a lie. <laughs> 
Unfortunately, you know, when I go to the mall, I, I, I see older men. Uh oh, now. And they still have their eyes and they're, and they're wondering. <laughs> so, so that's a lie. That's a lie. Temptation does not vanish with age. We have to take our Christianity serious. We have to make sure that we're on guard at all times in this life. You know, David lost his conviction. Second Samuel 11. And verse 27 says that the things that David had done displeased the Lord. Now we're all familiar with what David had did. But God is in no way pleased when his children give in to temptation. And yielding to temptation, my friends, only does two things. It hurts our relationship with God. And it hurts our spiritual state. How can you effectively grow as a Christian if you're constantly giving in to the same temptation? How can you constantly grow as a Christian if you're constantly gossiping about a member in the body of Christ? How can you constantly grow as a Christian? How can you effectively be what God has called you to be if you're constantly viewing pornography? How can we grow? Folks, let me tell you, we, we will not grow. So the only way that we can resist temptation, my friends, is by taking the way of escape. Now, the way of escape is God's way. His way will keep us from succumbing to temptation. Notice what Paul said here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will provide the way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. If you have your Bibles open, I encourage you to underline and circle that word will. Because that's a promise. We know that God is faithful and he will provide the way of escape. The question is, will we take that way? Amen. But you see, temptation oftentimes clouds our mind and it darkens our judgment. So in the heat of temptation, we, we typically don't think about that way of escape. We think about it after. <laughs> but how many of you actually believe in 1 Corinthians 10, 13? I encourage you to make that your verse this week. Because I know for a fact that temptation will hit you this week. I know for a fact it will. So let me encourage you to hone in on this verse and understand that he will provide the web escape. Now, the promise from God provides true comfort to Christians. We don't have to face temptation alone. The Lord will help us and we can overcome it. Amen. One preacher said God is faithful and never fails to provide the way of escape if we have the fidelity to resist an escape. You see, temptation at times can be ongoing as long as we're in this world. We have to take that way of escape. You see, escaping temptation is not easy, but it is possible with the faithfulness of the Lord. You cannot fight temptation in your own strength. I'm sorry. So God has provided for us several ways to help resist temptation. Number one. 
His Word. God's Word is useful and it will help us control our desires. You see, the more we rely on God's Word, the more we will be able to avoid giving in to temptation. But in order for us to overcome the lures of the enemy, we must stand the Word. In other words, we must read it studiously, prayerfully, and constantly. Now, I'm not talking about read your Bibles at 12 o'clock at night and you're dozing off and falling asleep. No, that's not reading the Word of God. Sit down. Find a quiet place and studiously read and apply the word of God in your life. Because his word will renew your mind. His word will cleanse your heart and keep you from falling into sin. But you have to read it. How often do you spend in the word of God? How often do you spend saturating yourself, marinating, if you will, in his book? A renewed mind will be right here. If you want your heart clean, pure, it's only going to come from being in here. If you want to keep from falling into sin as a preacher, an elder, deacon, meant whatever, right here. Amen. This is the only way. You see, when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan took the opportunity to tempt our Lord. But little did he know the Lord was prepared for battle. The question I have is, are you? Can you effectively call to mind scriptures when you are face to face with temptation? When your mind starts to wonder and veer off to the left or to the right, can you effectively call to mind scripture? Well, that's what our Lord did. And he left this example for here, here for us to emulate. When you look at Matthew 4, 1 through 11, Satan's temptations were met with Scripture. And when I look at this text, I, I said if Jesus used Bible to effectively end temptation, how much more will we need it? To fight off and resist temptation in our own desires. You know, many Christians wonder, why do I always give in to temptation? Well, the answer is simple. The word of God is not applied during the battle. It is imperative, my friends, that we read, study, and meditate on the word. I'm reminded of what the psalmist said in Psalm 119 and verse number 11. I have stored your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Some translations say I have hidden your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you the word of God in your heart. You see, his word will give us the power we need to fight temptation when we are spiritually weak. Number two, prayer. One preacher said to pray that we enter not into temptation is a means to preserve us from temptation. Now, praying during temptation will help correct our minds from wanting to sin. Now, how often do you ask God to give you strength to resist temptation? Let me encourage you, when you pray in the morning and when you pray at night, include that in your prayer. Father, give me the strength not to give in to temptation today or for the rest of the week. Help me avoid giving in to the desires of my flesh so that I can continue to serve you in this life. 
Folks, prayer helps redirect our focus, focus and keeps us alert. Prayer will order our ways so that no pressing temptation will fall upon us. So we should pray, Lord, please give me the wisdom and strength to take away this temptation. Please provide for me the way. Help me to remain faithful to your word and stay strong in my convictions. Because the more we give in temptation, hear me out, it weakens our convictions. The more you give in to temptation, it weakens your convictions. Number three, self-control. Like a city that is broken in two and without walls, so is a person who has no self-control over his spirit. Now, folks, self-control is something that every Christian should cultivate in their personal lives. In order to develop self-control, let me tell you, we need to pray. Having a spiritual mindset to control our impulses will help us reject temptation. Many of us know the story of Joseph. Joseph was a man who implemented self-control in his life. And in Genesis 39, 6 through 13, Potiphar's wife wanted to lie with Joseph. But he refused to be with his master's wife. Notice the text here. He said in verse number nine, how then could I do this great sin against God? Verse 10 says, but she kept on pursuing him. Now the text mentioned that she spoke to Joseph day after day. And on the day he went into the house to do his work, she grabbed him by his garments saying, lie with me. And Joseph left and fled, verses 11 through 12. Now, there are three qualities I admire about Joseph during this moment. Let me tell you, his heart, his conviction, and his quick feet. <laughs> because when Potiphar's wife caught Joseph by the cloak, he did not stay in the presence of temptation, as some of us do today. He did not remain in the presence of temptation. He ran. You know, there are some of us who need to drop the phone. That's right. There are some of us who need to zip our lips. <laughs> there are some of us who need to refocus and reorganize our priorities. See, Joseph ran from sin. And this is how we ought to be. We should have the mindset to run, to flee, to get away from anything that is going to Lead us away from Christ, from our Lord. So he applied self-control in the heat of temptation. Now notice again how insistent Potiphar's wife was. The scripture reveals that she was tempting him day after day. Now friends, let me tell you, this shows us that temptation can be continuous. It is an ongoing thing. But we have to be ready for battle. You're tired of losing the battle. <clears throat> Let me encourage you to pray and practice self-control during the heat of the moment. Hold on to your convictions and get away. Flee, avoid whatever it is that will cause you to stumble and ruin your relationship with God. Number four, accountability. Now, my friends, let me tell you, biblical accountability helps an individual accomplish what is right in his or her life for God. Now, this idea of biblical accountability is foreign to some members in the body of Christ. Some people are too embarrassed to ask a brother or sister, can you hold me accountable 
so that I continue to live right for Christ. Folks, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we must learn to lean on each other in this life. Amen. A Kenyan runner by the name of Abel Mutai was just a few feet away from the finish line during his marathon. He became confused and he started to fall over and the signage started to look blurry and he stopped. But there was a runner a few feet behind him by the name of Alex Fernandez. Alex Fernandez noticed what was going on with the Kenyan runner and he started to shout at him to continue the race, to keep going. The Kenyan runner didn't understand anything that he was saying. <laughs> so Fernandez decided to grab Abel and push him across the finish line. A journalist asked Ivan Fernandez, why did you do that? Why did you risk coming in second place? And Ivan Fernandez replied, my dream is that someday we can have a kind of community life where we push and help each other to win. Amen. Amen. I believe we could all use the Fernandez mentality in the Christian life. Amen. When it comes to holding each other accountable as Christians, you see, we should be willing to aid each other to finish the Christian race because temptation at times can leave us confused. And there is nothing to be embarrassed about because everyone is battling with something in this life, whether they wanted to admit it or not. Therefore, find someone, my friends, who is serious about holding you accountable. Find someone who is serious about helping you become more like Christ. Find someone who's going to be consistent in helping you be more like Christ. Find someone that's going to be consistent in lifting and building you up and helping you avoid the temptations that you fall for. And have them pray with you and for you. You know, some of the best advice that I received from a mentor of mine was to avoid certain circumstances that makes you extra vulnerable to sin. Our urges to give into temptation will cease, my friends, more when we apply God's word and exercise self-control in this life. Amen. Once we start to avoid certain situations that make us extra vulnerable to sin, we can start to live the way God wants us to live. You know, temptation will cease when we are heavily on our knees in prayer to the one who was able to deliver us from the temptation. It will cease when we are consistently in touch with our accountability partner to share our struggles. And it will cease when we have our head buried in the book. One thing that we should always remember, my friends, is this. Temptation allows us to show our love and loyalty to God. Now, what do you mean by that? The next time you are face to face with temptation and you have the desire to sin, take that opportunity to show God that you are faithful to him, that you love him. Because the text tells us that he will not tempt us beyond anything that we're unable to bear. So whenever you come face to face, temptation. 
take that opportunity to let God know I love you and avoid giving in to the desires of your flesh. I appreciate the time that was given to me. I left nine minutes on the clock. (laughs) But thank you all so much. I pray that the word of God will be applied in our lives. Thank you. Amen.